the humanities and social sciences. Welcome to another episode of Oh the Humanities and Social Sciences, the hashtag hashchat podcast. I'm Marco Cimino, and in this episode, I'm joined by Charles Rushworth, who is going to be talking about big history. So in this episode, I'm joined uh, by Charles Rushworth. So welcome, Charles. Mm, thank you for having me. I've heard a little bit about uh, big history. Um, I've never been really exposed to it. So uh, before we start, though, can you please give uh, the listeners a bit of context? Who are you and what's your role in Hizzy and Hass? Right. Um, well, I'm a history teacher at Liverpool Boys High School, um, and I've been teaching big history for the past ooh, seven years, six or seven years. And um, I originally started teaching it because the school was going through um, a lot of innovation, and um, they were experimenting with all these innovative programs. And what we um, were looking at was a way to engage the students. Sorry about that. It just came in. No, that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we, we, we were looking at ways in, uh, in which to engage the students. Um, and I was at a, it was around about the time when the new curriculum came out. And I was invited to the, uh, or I was sent to the HTA conference. Um, and I was basically looking to liaise with a few of my friends and um, try and get a new curriculum. Um, basically try and poach one from them. And I came across the um, brochure, which was um, which was handed out at the conference, and it talked about big history and how it was um, free, was online, um, and it was um, a new interdisciplinary approach to teaching history. So I thought I'd um, give it a go, uh, took it back to school, um, ran it past my head teacher and my principal, and um, yeah, and they were um, they were quite enthusiastic about it, um, and. They gave me the, uh, the go-ahead, and uh, yeah, so we started teaching it um, to a group of elective history kids in the first year, um, and uh, yeah, and then since then, it's been running every, every year since. Fantastic. Well, for people that have never heard about big history before, um, or have very little exposure to it, can you, can you tell the listeners what exactly is big history? Okay. Um I think the best way to describe it is it's the history of the universe from the Big Bang right the way through to um, today and then also looks at the future as well, possibilities for the future. Um, it incorporates um, a lot of um, science, um, history, and then all those other subjects that are connected to all those other disciplines such as you know, uh, cosmology, physics, uh, anthropology, archaeology. Um, yeah, and it teaches it all in one big course. So is, is, is it kind of like a project-based learning thing or is it a, um, like a um, cross-curricular thing? How would well, you describe this? I, I, th- I think it's, it is, it's, it's a bit of both. Um, I think one of the things that I really enjoy about the course is that it can be taught in various different contexts. So if you wanted to teach it as a Year 9 science course, um, you could do that. If you wanted to teach it as a year nine history course, you could do that as well um, because it covers both of those curriculums. Um, if you wanted to do it as a project-based learning course, um, you could do that as well. Um, and that's one of the things that's quite good about the course is that it does encourage students to ask questions and it gets them to think outside the box. Um, and basically anything that they want you know, want to ask, they can, they can ask. Um, 
so yeah, it's it it can be taught in a variety of different ways. Yeah, look, and look, you, you mentioned that you started this with with a group of uh, elective history kids a few years ago. Well, what's sort of been the pickup lately? Have you brought this across um, other sub other sort of uh, students being um, being brought in, or do you only offer it to certain students, or uh, during certain lines, or how, how does this work? Right. Um, basically, what we did was we ran it as an elective history course, um, and partly that was to get around the constrictions of the curriculum, um, because the history didn't really fit into um, either science or history, um, because it was you know, cross-curricular. So we offered it as a, as, a, as an elective history, basically just to fit it in with the curriculum um, and to fit it in with staffing requirements as well. Um, and for the first year that we taught it, uh, the kids absolutely hated it um, because they'd been sold on elective history and they thought they were going to take elective history. Um, but about halfway through, they warmed to the course. And then um, I think one of, the, one of the biggest indicators that we were making a difference or that the kids were interested was um, about two years later when that group of students um, graduated, they got up and they said it was one of the best courses they'd ever done. Um, and they um, they talked about how much they enjoyed it, and you know, and this is from kids who were traditionally disengaged with learning, um, and yeah, as I said, really hated the course to start off with. So um, I think that that really, for us, was an indicator that um, this was a, a really good course to teach, and um, it was a good way to engage the kids. Yeah, well, that, that sounds like a really great affirmation. So well done there. Um, and do the, do the students uh, create some sort of project that goes from start to end? Is there a lot of mini little um, tasks they complete or is there one sort of big capstone project or what's what's the kind of workload from the kids here? Right. Um, well, that's, um, that depends a lot on the teachers and uh, what they want to accomplish. Um, the course itself covers – it does a, has a lot to do with um, – a lot of activities to do with building students' literacy and numeracy skills. Um, so we have things like um, end of threshold quizzes. Um, they have um, a really, a really uh, cool application, which is aimed at building students' uh, essay writing skills. And essentially, what the students do is they, as they go through the course, they submit a series of essays, and this essays, all these essays are marked by um, an artificial intelligence. Um, it's by a, a company called Turnitin, who do all the plagiarism software for universities and um, stuff like that. Um, and then what they, as they, the more uh, they submit, um, it, well, as they submit their essays, the um, AR builds up a, I suppose, a profile of each student. And after they finish the essay, then they submit it and they get feedback from this, um, for want of a better word, robot. And um, yeah, and so so that's that's another way in which they um, they're assessed. And I think the um, probably the the major, like, I suppose, capstone project would be the little big history project, which is um, where students get to pick a topic that they're interested in, and they get to research it and then present it in whichever way they feel comfortable. So, for instance, it could be in the form of a a speech in front of parents if you want to do the project-based learning route. Um, it would be a speech in front of parents and, um, you know, people from the school and and then they would display a, uh, you know, something that they'd made. 
Um, or if you wanted to do it in a more traditional way, they could just do a, a formal you know, essay and a speech in front of the class. Um, so there are lots of different ways in which they could do it. And generally, it's up to the students, and um, and we'll try and leave it up to the students as much as possible. So they um, they take ownership of the work and they feel comfortable you know, in what they're doing. Yeah, great. Look, thanks for that. Um, now you mentioned about the success, you know, the students from a few years ago who then, uh, who then sort of, uh, when they graduated, they said how how amazing they found it and they thought it was a great, um, you know, a great course. But have you have you had any um, would have had any negative response from anyone in terms of oh, this is just something else we've got to do now, or um, you know, why are you running this project when you can be doing something else? Like, have you received any? Well, have have you had to deal with any of that as well? Yeah, um, I think um, we, we do. I mean, it, it's not that big history is not the be-all and end-all. It, it's, it's not the uh, solution to everything. Um, so we have had a few negative responses. Um, a lot of it was from you know, kids who have a um, – they come from a very religious background, and they, um, they had problems comprehending that, you know, or, or um, I suppose – they had problems with the fact that we were teaching the Big Bang, and they thought that this was a way of um, saying that you know religion was not acceptable, or that religion was wrong, and the religious beliefs were wrong. Um, so that, that was, um, yeah, that was one of the um, one of the negatives of the course. Um, but I think that was, um, yeah, that can be addressed in, in a variety of different ways. Um, and the other one was um, a lot of people are, I suppose, very wary because the course is funded by um, the uh, Melissa Gates Foundation. Um, so they they tend to think that it's it's Bill Gates pushing his agenda on students when he's got you know, no educational background. Um, but um, apart from that, um, we haven't really had any any real, um, any real problems with the course, or you know, any any students having a, a real issue with it? Yeah, look, and again, obviously, um, the, the I think that idea of um, uh, you know, the the particularly with the religious one, for example, mm. and and um, any of the agendas being pushed. I think if you if you if you sort of you know if you do come from that from a a point of view of a, this is exactly what we're looking at and, and you sort of deal with them, you shouldn't really come across any more issues. So yeah. um, as long as you don't brush them aside and brush people's concerns aside, you should be fine. Yeah. Um, so student engagement during the lessons, I mean, are they, you know, are they, you know, beating down the door waiting to come into the lesson because they want to keep going with this or how, how, how engaged are the students in this project? Um, once again, I, I think it depends on what you're, um, what you're teaching. Um, and I mean, it, I, I, I tend to teach the course based on what the students' um, reaction is. So, for instance, we're going through the first part of the course where it's a lot of technical jargon about you know, stars and, and the universe and, and what what's composes a star and um, and this, this technical data like that. And I can see the students are zoning out. Um, we'll leave that for a minute and then we'll you know, move on to the next topic. Um, so... Um, yeah, so, so students tend to so the students tend to be quite um, you know they they do ask a lot of questions um, and you know and, and as I said I teach it based on what the students are interested in um, and I think that's one of the biggest 
I suppose, values of the course is that the students can ask questions and they can ask you know, um, questions that they don't necessarily get to ask in other courses or other subjects. Um, so for instance, well, we're not talking about the religion. We had a student who asked about, um, he said, well, basically they don't know what caused the Big Bang, so that must have been, you know, so that's evidence that you know, God created the universe. And then, you know, another kid piped up and said, oh, but, you know, then who created God? And it led to this whole philosophical conversation. And before you know it, um, you know, these kids are, are asking these incredibly complex philosophical and scientific questions, um, which, um, you know, it, for, for me as a teacher, you know, it totally blows my mind because, you know, the, these kids are quite often quite shy and people often write them off because they're ESL or because they um, are learning difficulties. They write them off as you know, not being intelligent, um, which is far from the truth. Yeah, look, I think I think every, everything becomes a teachable moment, really. Like if something hmm. sort of, you know, moves around, they start, you know, and you find that in, in, yeah. in you know, as you said, as a teacher, that's amazing because um, when, when students do start, um, you know, questioning, um, everything goes on tangents. That's amazing. That that means that they are putting together those connections um, mm. with what they're learning, which is which is fantastic. Um, do you have many teachers come to you and ask, uh, you know, how can we get involved in this? Whether you know outside of Hizzy, other do you have any? You know, you mentioned, um, you know, for example, science and all that. But do you, do you maybe get, um, you know, the, the um, you know the performing arts department come up and saying, hey, we'd like to get involved and help some of the students do you know, put together their, their capstone project or do you get Taz come along and do anything? Do you, do you find you're getting a lot of, um, a lot of um, uh, work or help with other faculties here at all? Um, I get a look, quite a bit of help from the science faculty. Um, I think it's mainly because I, the first half of the course is science and I'm not a science teacher. So I, um, you know, I'm learning as the kids are learning. So I go to the science faculty for a lot of help. And so um, I collaborate with them quite, quite a bit. Um, but in terms of coming up to me and asking me for assistance, I don't really get a lot of teachers doing that. Um, and I think probably the main reason for that is, is because when you teach big history, you have to be able to um, step out of your comfort zone and you have to be willing to teach something that you're not comfortable with. Um, and I think also you have to admit, which is probably the hardest thing for a teacher to do, um, is let go and admit you don't know everything um, and learn with the kids. Um, and um, and I think a lot of teachers find this daunting. Um, so um, but as I said, I mean, slowly, you know, as, as teachers are, you know, learning more and more about it and um, my kids are going and talking more about it, um, there is definitely more of an interest here. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Charles. And look, uh, finally, before before we finish off, if there are any um, any people listening and think, you know, I really want to get big history in my school, um, what can they do? What do they do? Can you recommend anything? Uh, oh yeah, well, I mean, that's the beauty of the course is that um, if you just log on to Google and you type in big history project um, and click on the first tab that comes up, uh, that will take you to the signing page, and it's a pretty uh, simple process. You just put your uh, email address in, create a password. And um, everything's there on the site. So you can go in, add your students. As I said, it's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you anything. And um, and you get access to some um, pretty amazing technology as well. Now, if, if they were to do that, obviously, would they need to have some sort of approval from uh, from the principal in terms of running this within 
a course, for example, to make sure it meets curricular requirements at all, or is this is this linked to, um, you know, oh, is this um, is this linked to, to to curriculum requirements at all? Um, yeah, the first half of the course is linked to the Year Nine Science syllabus, so it addresses all the um, the outcomes and of that syllabus, and the second half of the course is linked to the Year Nine um, History syllabus, so it is pretty closely linked. Um, if you were going to teach it in the school, you probably would need um, the consent of your principal. And you probably have to work out how to integrate into the curriculum. Um, probably the best way, as I said, would be to run it as an elective history course, um, simply because the outcomes are um, are very similar. The other way you can do it, um, which is how uh, some teachers are doing it, is to get it run as a, um, a board and doors course. So that would require you to go to your principal and get them to um, sign up with uh, NESA. And uh, what NESA does is they, they then say, well, you can teach it as a board and doors course. And there's a, a curriculum attached to that with you know, um, outcomes which are specific to um, big history. Okay, so so it is doable, but it might just be uh, it, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, you know you wouldn't put this in, you know have this idea a month before uh, you want you, you want to start doing this. You'd, you'd have to no. have a bit of planning before this. So how, how long yeah. lead time would if someone wants to put this in in play? You know, start planning a year ahead, two years ahead. Is I'd, six months I'd enough? Probably, I'd probably say a year ahead um, would be enough time. Um, I think the biggest. Um, the, the two biggest issues that you're going to face is getting student buy-in and um, convincing the, um, the the administration of your school. Um, and, but I mean, apart from that, it's it is as I said, it's a very flexible course. So if you want to, if you want to simply teach the first part of the course, and as a year nine science course, you can do that. If you just want to teach the second half of the course as a year year nine history course, you could do that as well. Um, and it's got links to lots of other, um, yeah, lots of other subjects as well, like English and um, and maths. And- yeah, great. Look, Charles, thank you very much for um, for taking the time to um, uh, to to appear on the on the on the uh, episode. Is there any final word you want to leave anyone with? Um, no. I, if you if you are considering teaching it, um, I mean, it, it is a fantastic course. It's well worth it, and um, it's incredibly well resourced. Um, it's also got an incredibly um, passionate Yammer community attached to it. So if you have no idea about how to teach history or no idea how to teach science, you can just jump on Yammer and there'll be someone there to answer your questions and help you out. Um, yeah, and, and I'd highly recommend it. It's, it is a fantastic course. Great. Well, Charles, thank you very much. Mm, thank you, Margaret. Thank you for listening. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter at hashtag HouseChat. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au